1: What up, what up? This is your boy Rob Clark welcoming you to the 22 November Network. Get ready for another exciting edition of the Lone Gunman Podcast featuring me. That's right, your boy Rob Clark coming at you. Stay tuned. Be right there.
2: Live up, Mister Wiggles.
1: What is up, everybody? Welcome to the show. This is your boy Rob Clark from the Lone Gunman Podcast, episode number fifty-two with my very special guest all the way from Australia, Mr. Greg Parker. Now, Greg wanted to give my listeners a very special treat, and we forgot all about it, so please uh, stick around until after the show, and I will be more than happy to share it with you. It's uh, a guy he's had his eye on that not many people were talking about who could be a very important piece to the whole Oswald puzzle. So stick around till the end, and I will let you in on it. All right, people? Enjoy the show. What's up, everybody? This is Rob Clark here on the Lone and Podcast, episode number 52. I have a very special guest with me today. Uh, And those of you in the JFK community have definitely heard of this man before. His name is Greg Parker. From Australia. How you doing, Greg? I'm well, Rob. Yourself? Doing great. Doing great. And and uh, for those of you who don't know who Greg Parker is, um, you may have heard of a book called Lee Harvey Oswald's Cold War. Uh, you may have heard of a forum called ReopenKennedyCase.org. Uh, Greg is the, the founding member of that. And uh, now I'll tell you, um, last year... Was a little lackluster in the conference department, um, you know, the, with the with the passing of John Judge, and and Copa not really putting on a conference on, and with, um, Lancer doing some kind of last throwing something together at the last minute, and of course the uh, the infamous Judy Baker conference um, last year was a little lackluster, and I was so happy to hear. That you guys down under are going to be having a conference actually in Australia this year. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, Greg?
2: Sure. Well, the idea, the idea was, uh, was formulated by a, a lady called Frankie Baker in New Zealand. Yes. Uh, she's also a member of the forum. Um, she contacted me and, and uh, put it to me that she would like to, to organize a conference and, and put it under, under the umbrella of uh, website. And I, I, I jumped at that. That was a great idea to me. So, uh, we, we got our heads together and, and put a plan together and, uh, we're going ahead full steam.
1: Yeah. And, and for those of you all who would like more information on the conference, um, I have added a button to my website at tlgpodcast.com directly linking you to Greg's website for more information about the conference to get your tickets and, uh, what speakers are you, are you planning on having there this year, Greg? Uh,
2: locally, we've got some uh, researchers who, whose names might be familiar. But uh, apart from myself, we've got uh, Colin Crow, Peter Morris, Phil Hopeley. Uh, internationally, we've got uh, Lee Farley, Sherry Feister, Vince Palomara, Gail Nix-Jackson, Bill Simpik and, and Jim Junior all coming by Skype. Oh wow! Uh, and, oh, sorry, I've got <laughs> my apologies to Hassan Yousaf as well in Australia. We'll also be we'll be giving its talk. Um, we've, got, we've got some some uh, special stuff lined up. We've 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 got a song that will be uh, making its debut at the conference. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to have giveaways. We're um, hopefully have a book signing and also a display of, of uh, Kennedy memorabilia.
1: Wow! Yeah, I was reading about that as uh, some of Jack Ruby's uh, stuff, some of the picket fence. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, it sounds like a good time, people. So, you know, it's 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 still a ways away. It's in November, uh, the twenty first, and I think the twenty second, right?
2: That's right. Yeah. And look, oh, anyone who's ever thought of coming to Australia and is interested in the case, combine the two and come out.
1: Exactly, I couldn't think of a more perfect vacation than that. So, people, if if you know, I don't know what's going on. It well, I do know what's something that's going on in Dallas this year, and I definitely wouldn't well, want to go to it. But the death
2: of John Judge was a, was a big downer for everyone. Yeah. And also, I believe um, you know, there's there's been some problems at, at uh, Atlanta with health issues and stuff. You now those things combined, I think, is where the problems lay for,
1: for them. Yeah, and of course, but, uh, Judy Baker's got to swoop in and, and make it all about herself, and of course her publisher is backing, you know, a conference, and I like to call them the, the, uh, the kook conferences. <laughs> oh, man, that, that lineup is, uh, what can you say
2: about the lineup of people she?
1: Nothing good, Greg. Nothing good, that's for damn sure.
2: (laughs) It's just, it's sad more than anything else. It really is. It is. Look, let's forget about Judy for the time being. We're going to have a lot of fun with our conference. It's going to be educational, it's going to be fun. They're they're the two main things we want to make it. Um, And any profits that we get from from that conference will be plowed into other projects. Uh, we're, We're looking at hopefully making a documentary based on all the new research that doesn't get mentioned by the History Channel. Uh, we've got no experience in documentary making, but that's, that's okay. It's a learning experience. We're, we're going to go in there and have a go.
1: Exactly. And, and you know, the, uh, the JFK research community is is ever-evolving. And, you know, just, just as much as the conferences started, you know, 20, 30 years ago, you know, it, it's 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 kind of morphing into something a lot bigger, and and you know, there for a while it was in a little bit of a lull, and but I think there there is going to be a, a big comeback of them here coming up, Gray. Yep. but well, that's good to
2: hear. That's, I mean, it's all positive. If that's what's happening, that's a positive.
1: No doubt, no doubt, and you know that's a, that's what it's all about is actually you know getting to connect with like-minded people and and being able to talk about the case with them and and uh, you know get some uh, get some new research out there, and uh, you know that's what it's all about really.
2: Yeah, yeah. So look again, anyone interested, pop along to the website, have a look at the information, and you've got plenty of time to save some money to to come out. So.
1: That's right. And like I said, you can head over to the website, tlgpodcast.com. Hit the button. It's that easy. You'll have everything at your fingertips for all the information about the 2015 ROKC conference in Australia. Um, All right, Greg, let's get into it. You are the author of a very fine book, Lee Harvey Oswald's Cold War, Volume 1. And I know Volume 2 is hopefully going to be out this year, right? I'm, I'm aiming to
2: hopefully get it out in time for the conference, but uh, yeah, that's, I've got to make a living like anyone else. So it's it's difficult to, to, to find the time for it, I'm going to give it a go to see what happens. This stage, I'm about halfway through
1: it. Yeah, I, I mean, I know. It, it's uh, you know it's hard to put a time frame on, on things like that, but... Uh, so let's get into a little bit about your your first book. Um, what what made you want to write that book, Gray? Uh,
2: well, I've always wanted to write a book, and if you're going to write a book, you might as well as well write it uh, about something you're passionate about. And um, the other thing was, I uh, I kept kept seeing my my research popping up in other people's books, uh, and, and not always as I would use it, and that's a bit of a bugbear with me. So. I thought, well, okay, it's about time I wrote my own book
1: and, and use used the information in the way I feel it should be used. Right, and that's that's a it's becoming a big problem, you know, with the internet and uh, you know a lot a lot of people, you know, don't credit the original source of the, of the research that they use. I mean, I, I believe you know once the information is out there, that's one thing, but you should always always source. As you know, as as best as you can, back to the original material, and give people credit for the hard work that they do do.
2: Yeah, it's, it's not that hard to do, but 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 apart from that, it's also people have a right to know where the where the information has come from.
1: You know? Oh, definitely. So definitely.
2: they, you know, either they, either they trust the source or they don't.
1: Right, and and you did a very very thorough job sourcing your book. Let me tell you,
2: it's. Yeah, it's got a few, it's got a few citations.
1: Yeah, yeah, a couple. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the, the publisher was very impressed. obviously.
1: Yeah, now, now your book is is basically covers Lee Harvey Oswald's early life, right?
2: The the first volume um, covers what I, what I think is uh, a period in, in history that needs to be talked about in relation to, to JFK, and that's the early, uh, the early foreign policy of the United States in Latin America, in particular Colombia. Uh, and so that's where the book starts in Colombia uh, and U.S. involvement in that area. Uh, the annexing of Panama, uh, Cold War activities... All those sorts of things, but also, uh, in particular, uh, an assassination that occurred there of a guy called Jorge Gatan who was who eventually became known as the as the Colombian JFK. Although to me he was more more of the Colombian RFK. That's by the by, I guess. The, the fact is he was assassinated uh, by what well, by what was termed a lone nut, who himself was killed almost straight away afterwards. The whole thing was was covered up. There was another person involved. I go I right into the details, but let me tell you that the whole thing is a carbon copy of what happened to RFK. What happened afterwards is a carbon copy of, of, of the War, War Commission, as yeah. far as the, the investigation went.
1: Yeah, it definitely sounds very, very familiar. And what I liked about your book, Greg, is is some of the connections that you made... Um, between some of these older players in the game, such as Edwin Eckdahl, uh, you know the Payne family. Um, can you go through uh, some of those, maybe in in the uh, sure. the uh, relationship, you know, with with Eckdahl, Marguerite, Payne's, uh some of that? Well, with with
2: Edwin Eckdahl, um, it was never explained how they actually how he actually met Marguerite. Uh, that's just sort of brushed over and the whole thing. But what I found was that he had been involved in, uh, orphanages in New York, uh,
1: through the the church they were involved in. Um, is that the Lutheran one?
2: The Lutheran church, that's it, yeah. yeah. And, uh, at the time that he went to New Orleans, the boy, Margaret's boys were in the Lutheran, uh, orphanage. Right. And I think that's the, I think. His involvement with that Eric of the church somehow connects him with how he met Marguerite. Uh, but after that, he went to China, and uh, at a very interesting point in history, he seems to have got involved in politics over there. He, ca- he comes back. Uh, he gets involved in, in, uh, in various activities in New York, which tend to link him to uh, the Socialist uh, Party, which... Ruth Payne's family was involved in. Uh, and I think I can't, I can't say for sure that, that he knew the the, the, uh, the Hyde clan, Ruth, Ruth's family, but I, on um, I think there's, I've got enough connections in that book to, to put the case that he did know them. Right. Right. Uh, apart from that, we've got the, the connections swirling around youth house. Youth house was, was, um, just bear with me for a second. I'll,
1: I'll just. Sure, sure. Good.
2: Make sure I'm giving you the right information.
1: Yeah, I always thought it was, uh, you know, very, very odd that what, you know, because like you said, you never heard the story of how Eckdoll, this, you know, seemingly well to do New Yorker, all of a sudden is in New Orleans with Marguerite Oswald.
2: Well, the other weird thing is that he, he never divorced his first
1: wife. His yeah. sister came
2: down and, and talked Marguerite. Into the marriage, but he was still married to his first wife, and he ended up, he ended up being buried with her.
1: So the whole marriage so was, was basically a sham. No, the was a sham, and uh, and for
2: and there when after they moved to Fort Worth, there were two. There's two school records in Fort Worth where Edwin is actually listed as the sole guardian of, of, of Lee.
1: Really, that that's. And that was there were,
2: that. That coincided with two times Two times when they were separated, when when he
1: and Marguerite had separated. Yeah, they were were moving around a lot, too, around around Dallas and Fort Worth, too. It always struck me as odd as, you know, how Marguerite got all this money, but...
2: Well, he was loaded. I mean, he he had quite a well-paid position uh, with a electric company. With Youth House, that was funded by, uh, by the Leavenberg Fund, and that was... Run by, uh, that was run by a family, a, a wealthy family called, uh, are they? the Strauss family.
1: Yes, the Strauss family.
2: And they, uh, they were involved in, in ownership of big department stores, uh, book publishers, whole, whole lots, a lot of things like that. Uh, the book publishers that they, they had on
1: their books, uh, E. Howard Hunt was one of their, one of their authors. Yeah. Uh,
2: one of the Strauss family had a holiday house on, on the island where the Paines and the Hides uh, also holidayed and where Ruth went on her way to pick up uh, pick up Marina in September sixty three. She'd stopped by there, that was Donald B. Strauss. Oh wow. Um and they also so, uh, they funded a uh, youth house, they also built and funded the house where uh, where the Rosenbergs had, had lived for a while in the 40s. And, yeah. of course, the Rosenbergs played into the Oswald story with the story about the pamphlet and all that. You know? So
1: Yeah, they got Lee interested yeah. in communism, or uh, supposedly.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it never happened, okay? It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a false story that was floated.
1: Yeah, that's a Warren Commission uh, prop ban- up there.
2: Yeah, but I'll I'll be explaining why in the next edition of the book, but it's, um, the Rosenberg story is a bigger part of the whole thing than people realize.
1: Cool, cool. Now, in this book, you also cover a lot, actually the most that I've ever seen, um, on Oswald's (laughs) older brother, John Pike, or John Pick, however you say it, and, uh... Tell us a little bit about uh, what John John Pick said about uh, Oswald.
2: Well, John Pick's an interesting character. Everyone zeroes in on Robert, but I think they're zeroing in on the wrong person. Right. Uh, John John, at the time Lee and Marguerite moved to New York City, was working for the Port Security Unit of, of the uh, of the Coast Guard. The Port Security Unit was specifically designed to uh, eradicate subversives from the waterfront. Uh, and to do that they used FBI and ONI informants. The Navy, in recent decades, has admitted that that program uh, destroyed more lives than, than uh, QAC did, for, for instance. So it was a huge, huge program and it hurt a lot of people and John Pick was part of that. You won't, you won't find that anywhere in his... Testimony, it's all covered over. Right. Um, but that's all you have to do is look up the history of the port security unit and see what they did.
1: And it sounds, and, sounds very similar to what Lee was involved with in New Orleans with Bannister and, and, you know, meeting the ships down at the port. You except know. on a more
2: official sure scale, yeah. Right, right. But I mean, the, the other interesting thing, I, I can, I've got this knack of seeing. Patterns or, or whatever, but the thing of it is, what I noticed was that with, he, with his truancy, he never started truining until he turned thirteen. He, the day he finished and, and quit truining and started saluting that flag again, that was when John Pick left the Port Security Unit. Oh, really? So it's his period of truancy is booked by those events: he his birthday and John Pick leaving the Port Security Unit, and the. the the thing about the 13th birthday was that, uh, my investigation shows that, uh, where, where children are used as informants and they have been historically, despite what anyone may, may tell you, um, it's usually mandated that the 13th is the youngest they use.
1: Right. That's interesting. And, and I think you, you parsed out, of course, another Warren Commission lie that, that, uh, I guess it was somebody in, 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 Pike's wife's family that had uh, told this story about, about Leah, you know, attacking them with a knife and, uh, but it turned out not to be true. Right.
2: Yeah. Well, the, um, the story came from, uh, John picks brother law who he would known, uh, for longer than he'd known his wife. Uh, it was his wife's brother, obviously. But, um, he, he was the one that contacted the FBI, the story about the knife, and it sort of grew from there. And as the FBI, FBI went about interviewing different parties about the incident, we end up with uh, three or four different stories. Um, it's One of the stories was that the flight started over Lee watching TV. Another story was that it started over Lee whittling with a knife and leaving shavings on the floor. Right. Um, we get three or four different versions of it who kicked them out over this incident. One story was that it was John Pick. Another story was that it was his wife, Marge. Another story was it was one of the sisters of Marge. Anyway, I, I do go, as you say, I go into that in the book and the story is, is quite obviously made up. It's, it's not not true. Um, the truth seems to be that he was whittling. She beat him over the... The, the wife, John Pick's wife went to hit him because of the shavings on the floor, and he had the whittling knife in his hand at the time. But there was no more to it than that.
1: Yeah, just a little, was, uh, you know, a kid's pen knife, you yeah. know, just a really small, yeah. bladed and knife. Yeah. But,
2: but allegedly, uh, John, well, John Pick had initially told the FBI that he uh, hadn't been told about anything that had happened, he knew nothing about it. Blah blah blah. By the time we got to the Warren Commission, we're saying, "Yeah, this all happened." He attacked my wife with a knife, right? So, and, and no one ever get pulled, gets pulled up on those stories. They tell the FBI one thing, and then come before the commission and tell a story and, and a different story. And you know, it's never ever said, that hey, you said back then something else." You know, it's it's one of the worst, most frustrating things about the whole cases. Is the the fact that uh, these different stories never got chased up and 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 clarified or or anything on record about why they changed?
1: Yeah, I mean it's they 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 really didn't do a very good job um, going back and assessing stuff. And another character that that intrigued me as as far as that part of it uh, for the Warren Commission was a doctor. Dr. Rome, I believe it was.
2: Dr. Rome, yeah.
1: He was assigned. Yeah, he was assigned to, um, I guess, look into Lee's past and, and analyze his behavior and, and all that.
2: Yeah, no, they actually only wanted to analyze. Uh, they wanted him to analyze his writing to, uh, to see if he was dyslexic as a possible reason for his for his later alleged behavior. Uh, and Dr. Rome did find that he was dyslexic, which is absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely.
1: Dyslexic people hate reading from the start. Right. And as we
2: say, we loved reading, you know? Exactly. He was not dyslexic. But the, 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 the fascinating thing, I think, what you're
1: coming to with Dr. Ryan was that he had uh, treated... Hemingway? Hemingway, that's right. And uh, and Hemingway,
2: after being treated by Dr. Rohn, went and committed suicide. So do we yeah. trust this guy a lot? Yeah. I, don't, I don't think so.
1: Yeah, no. He doesn't, doesn't sound like a very... Uh... A doctor to me.
2: Uh, these are the, these are the sorts of people the commission relied upon. I mean, you see with Ruby, they, they've got jo- Jolie West looking out for him in, in, at the trial, and uh, they've got psychologists like Ryan being involved with the commission, and he's not the only one. There are there are others. Right. They're, they're all. You look into into their history, and you know. He's,
1: what the fuck's going on here, huh? You know? Exactly. And speaking of which, this would be a good segue into, I guess, your interpretation of, of some of the, uh, anomalous Harvey and Lee evidence. Cause I noticed in your book that you addressed, uh, some of the more major points that John Armstrong brings out as being evidence for a Harvey and a Lee but there seems to be an ex, a rather innocuous explanation for some of it.
2: Not some of it, all of it.
1: All of it, yeah.
2: <laughs> nothing absolutely nothing in, in that theory at all.
1: Right, now, you, you, uh, now
2: if you want to ask me about a particular, a particular thing, that's fine.
1: Yeah, and um yeah. well, for, for one, I, I, I didn't see you address it in the book, but to get back to john pick for a second yeah i know i know he likes to point out that 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 during his testimony that john pick was shown a photograph of lee at the zoo and he said that's not my brother yep what do you make of that
2: well he said i don't recognize that as my brother Ah.
1: um
2: you know he he didn't say it wasn't his brother he just i don't recognize that picture but um, John Pick had very little to do with, with Lee except for that short period in
0: in New York. I mean, he was off to military school, and before that he was at the orphanage.
2: They rarely saw each other, you know? So it's no surprise to me he didn't recognize the
1: yeah, photo of him. Because John and John and Robert were separated from the rest of the family, it seems like, most of their early lives, really.
2: But let me tell you about the estrangement from, from that alleged life incident. Everyone, you know, they didn't talk to each other. They were estranged because because Lee attacked the wife. Well, that, that's really garbage. Because I will tell you, if you you look at Lee's enlistment uh, report, who, who does he name as beneficiaries in case of death? Not Robert. You know, Marguerite Margaret and John.
1: Right. Yeah. No, it yeah. It always seemed odd, and you know, and a couple other things that you explained that do make sense to me. Um. Like the mastoid scar, uh, the tonsillitis, and, and uh, some of these medical issues that were actually cleared up upon the exhumation.
2: Honestly, I mean, I, I haven't got an answer for every single allegation that, that that's in, in the book. Uh, I mean, that would be possible if the book is huge. But I, I can guarantee you, if whatever allegation anyone wants to hit me with, I, I'll research it and find the answer. Okay, it's all explicable. There's not one thing in that book that leads that should lead a side person to say there are two rules.
1: Now, so, <laughs> uh, the one thing I can't get past, Greg, and yeah, you know, a lot of it, you know, you did you did explain very well and very reasonably. And the one thing I well, actually, I not that I can't get past it, but I, that maybe I just don't understand it well enough is the whole thing about Stripling Junior High School.
2: Stripling Junior High, okay. Well, Robert, Robert's memory was proven to be less than brilliant in other areas. He, he assumed that that his brother Lee would have gone there. That's all it the an assumption. He himself went there. And I'm sure anyone who remembers Lee are actually remembering Robert. Right. Um, the other thing with uh, Frank Cutlady, who will always gets brought up you know, in right. this, is that, he was actually a friend of of uh, Jack White. Jack White, in in coming to Cut Lady's defence with me, he said, "Hey, he's been a fifty year old friend of mine. I knew him at college. You know, we were classmates together. He's honest. You've got to believe him." And this is what this is what Jack was saying to me. And I and when I said, "Well, Jack, if that's true, that should have been uh, that should have been stated in the book because that's you helped." a lot with with the research of this book, and and, and that's a, a conflict of interest, you know. And as soon as I brought that up, he backtracked on being a friend. He said, well, no, actually, he was really a friend of my wife, but I haven't, I haven't seen him for 50 years. I only recently met up with him again. He came he over both ways. Either, either he either knew the guy well enough to, to, to vouch for his honesty or he hadn't seen him for 50 years, one or the other.
1: Right. Yeah, it seems to happen a lot in this case. You know, it's it's so convoluted. You know, after fifty years of people digging and and turning stuff over and hearsay and obfuscation, it's it's hard to well, parse the out the details. You know.
2: Well, the other thing is, we're expected to believe that, that the stripling still had Oswald's records at school. You know, the records weren't kept at schools; they were kept at the uh, at the uh, school district office. Right. That's where, that's where the records were. Uh, that's where they got the records for all the other In New Orleans, in New York, it was at the school diff- district. In, in fact, in New York, they had to go to court to get the records.
1: Let's get back to your book for a minute. I remember, I believe, of course, this, this is going to come a little bit later, um, I think, than the time frame of your book. But I remember reading somewhere there was an allegation that Marina, or not Marina, I'm sorry, Ruth Payne, was in some sort of a pen pal program uh, with with yep. overseas servicemen and that she could have possibly had correspondence with Lee then. Did you come across anything like that?
2: Uh, no, I've, not, I've heard that before. She was in a program through the Quakers, uh, through the French Society, uh, to have pen, pen friends with uh, Soviet citizens and they actually sponsored some to come out. And that was all Administered through through the help of the State Department, and there is spooky aspects to that, which i you
0: know,
2: but I, that, that's a long time ago. I was looking into that names, dates, etc. Right. You know, I'd have to go back and search for that again. But yeah, that was that was all part of it. There was all these exchange programs opening up at the time because uh, Stalin had died. Uh, the Khrushchev was making noises about opening up. Uh, like was was open to that sort of thing, uh, and there was all sorts of deals being made about uh, about swapping students over so that they can get a cultural perspective of the other place. But all these things were also used to to um, to obtain uh, to, attain, to obtain obtain intelligence. Uh, there there was always this double double-edged sword at play. You
1: know? Oh yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Now your book, I will say is, is different than, than, than many of the assassination books. You know, I went into it with a certain idea of what it was going to be and it it totally blew me away in a good way about, you know, just all the depth and background and connections that, that you made, you know, and, and we're not even, we're not even to, to Lee Harvey Oswald's teenage years yet, you know, with with this book, I just got to say, man, I, you know, great job, because, you know, it was really, really interesting, and I did actually learn a lot of things that I did not know before.
2: Yeah, well, thank you. Well, that's, that's deeply appreciated. Um nothing there, I, I wouldn't do this. I, I wouldn't involve myself in this and use up all this fun that, that I do it if I wasn't confident I could dig up a lot of new information, and that's what's happening with it. I've got a whole two more, at least two more books worth of new information
1: to roll out. Right. Well, you, well, you definitely, you definitely did it, and I encourage everyone out there to go pick it up because you will learn something. You know, a lot of, a lot of people want to focus on the events of that day, November twenty second, nineteen sixty three, but it's just as important to understand the background, you know, of the alleged assassin and all these peripheral players that are in the narrative of the story. Like all good stories, it'll, it'll all get tied up
2: neatly at the end. You will be, you will be, I promise you'll be blown away with, with the last volume in, in regard to who's related to whom in this case. Right. That's the kicker. That's where it all, there, there's a, a certain person who who had motive who, who was related to a key witness.
1: Really? I can't, yep. I can't wait, man. Because, you know, it's... I don't know about you, but I I swear it feels like I learn something new every day about this case. And then you got to reassess your little the way you the way you put the pieces of the puzzle together, and you know to add to the way that you feel things actually happened, who was involved, and you know what what really went down, and who was behind it. Well,
2: coming coming up in the next volume, you'll. You'll get the, the information on on the on where the Force uh, the Defective Program came from. Uh, you'll find out who recruited Lee Oswald. Uh, and you'll find out some new information about uh, one of the high claims that you, you wouldn't
1: have known before. Wow. So, so that's
2: coming up in the second volume.
1: That's awesome. So there it is, people. Stay tuned for the second volume. And in the meantime, go get the first one. I'll put a link up to it, uh, to the Amazon link, where you can buy the book. It's available on Kindle. Um, is it in, is it in, uh, paperback, Greg?
2: No, I'm, I'm, when I'm fi- when I'm finished the second volume, I'm hoping to, uh, to combine the first and second volumes in a paperback edition.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. Um,
2: I'll, 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 yeah. Third volume will be, uh, based around his return to the U.S. through the assassination. And then I'm looking at a, another volume after that, the aftermath, and also maybe, um, uh, looking at. brothers assassination and
1: stuff like that right so people definitely stay tuned and check that out make sure you if you if you got plans you want a vacation in australia you might as well time it with this if you have an interest in the assassination you know what could be cooler than that you know um now greg talk up your forum a little bit because you have a lot of great researchers in your forum doing great things over there don't you well, I, I,
2: not a lot, not compared to other forums, but that's okay. We're um,
1: quality over quantity. We're a hard quality,
2: quality. We're a, we're a little group, and I think we've got something special going. It's it's just amazing to see how it's all unfolded. And, and let me go through some of the research that's happening there now. We've got a guy called Ed Lado who's um, who's in Hawaii, who's doing some amazing stuff on Lee Harvey's escape from the Texas Book Depository. Just little things like the research done on the lousy bus ticket that he had, you know, or allegedly had. Right. It's just, it's gonna, if you cop along to the site and read the threads on that, you'll see just how much, how big the lies were in this case. Lee was never on that bus, never in that cab. Other research that's going on will show that he never lived at North Beckley. Oh, wow. In fact, in fact, Ed's just found a, a video of, of uh, Gladys Johnson saying that he actually had been there all that weekend.
1: Huh? Yeah, I, I, I'd That's always had a little inkling, or just a feeling, or a what if, I guess you could call it. A what you know? What if that wasn't really our Lee Harvey Oswald there at that Beckley residence? Well, it wasn't because what we've learned, or what Ed's learned.
2: Now, this is going to blow you away. You know, you know the scrap of paper that has O.H. Lee written on it, and that's the proof that they've got them lived there. Right. Well, guess what? There, there was a guy called Herbert Lee living there. It's huh. Lee, Herbert Lee, and he was in room O. O.H. Lee.
1: Wow. Yeah, I mean, and I tell you, some of the stuff I've been reading um, that 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 Gokhei Hassan Yusef has written, you know, about the jacket and Larry Crayford, a uh, lot of good stuff there, man. I'll tell you.
2: Yeah, he's going to be um, he's going to be giving a talk on Jerry Hill, Detective Jerry Hill, at, at the conference. So uh, that'll be worth the price of admission alone. He's really really nailed that that particular area of the case, and um, Jerry Hill's got a lot to answer for.
1: No doubt, because I think he was the guy that just happened to be at all three crime scenes, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, he was he was he was Mr. everywhere. Yeah, yeah.
1: For sure. Yeah, and probably responsible for uh, helping to to frame the Patsy. I'm guessing.
2: But as far as the forum goes, yeah, we've, we've um, a small group of of hardcore researchers. myself, Hassan, Lee, Lee, uh, Lee Farley in, in England, Liverpool, Ed Ladeau and a few others. And but we've just got a great crowd of people. They're, they're, we're the only forum that's got four Musketeers. <laughs> That's yeah. what they call themselves, the foremost and they, they, uh, they keep the peace, they look out for everyone else, they, they bring a lot of fun to the forearms, because that's, that's, that's what, another thing that differentiates us. We do the serious stuff, but we also, we also don't take ourselves very seriously. We have, have a lot of fun there.
1: Right, and that's, that's important, you know, you don't want to get caught up being too serious, you know, and it's, and people, you know, I, I would highly recommend joining Greg's forum, you know, even if you're just a lurker, if you would just want to go there and, and read and learn, you know, you don't have to participate if you don't want to, um, or, or don't think you can hang with the big dogs. And, uh, but it's definitely a very good resource for information that you put together there.
2: Thank you. Thank you. It's appreciated. The forum, only moved to a, a new site last year, and, uh, it's, it's slowly building up again, so we'll see where it goes. We're also part of what uh, part of the move was also uh, a fresh start to to more focus on what we can do to to, to make what the forum is really about come true, and that's to get the case reopened. So we I mean, the conference is one project we've got going. We've now started uh, a freedom of information project. Where, if anyone wants to uh, make a request for, for for documents, we will handle that for you. Okay, we'll we'll do all that for you. So just come and see us. We'll only charge you what what the charge is. If you want to make a donation on top of that, that's great. It'll help us with other projects. But uh, I mean, if you're a writer, if you're writing on a writing a book or or a, an article or whatever it may be. And you want to free up some time with yourself, Come and see us and we'll, we'll do all the documents we need.
1: Yeah. And people, let me tell you from first hand, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a pain in the ass, um, to do it correctly. And, 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 and Greg and company know how to do it correctly and hopefully get the results that you want because, and, and, you know, it couldn't be easier than that, you know, and, and that's an awesome service that you're, you're providing for JFK researchers, Greg.
2: Thank you. And the other the other project with what I mentioned earlier is, is to make a documentary. Uh, like I say, we have no no expertise in that, but we're going to give it a red hot crack. And uh, you know we we know people and, and with different skills, and, and we'll see how it comes together.
1: Right. And that, and we just think it's, just think it's wrong
2: that, that none of the whether it's our research or or. Research on another forum. The news research that's happening in, the, or that's, that's happened in the last few years, just doesn't get a look in with with uh, with the Internet channel or with those other, you know,
0: right. other
2: places.
1: Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. Is uh, the the community is sorely lacking and is devoid of any substantial uh, documentaries. You know, like like you said, you know, the the uh, six floor museum. And the powers that be, you know, we have all these, uh, Lone Nutter ones coming out on the anniversaries every year, putting on the history channel, discovery channel. And it didn't used to be that way, but it is that way now. And alternative media is the key, you know, with, with the way the internet is today. Um, you know, you could put that thing online, you know, charge a small fee or a donation or whatever, and people can stream it right online. They can watch yeah. it on their computer. They can order DVDs. You know, it's something that, that, that you could actually do and, and do it well.
2: Well, this is, this is how dishonest they are. I mean, we've, we've discovered on our forum when we were looking at making our own documentary. Uh, we looked at others to see how they were done. And, and um, one of the we found was in one of the documentaries, they, they filmed uh, the evidence on the table. And one of the pieces of evidence was a screwed-up bus ticket, <laughs> Now, as you would know, that, that bus ticket was not screwed up. It was in pristine condition. But they know it had to be screwed up with the trip uh, Oswald got at the Texas Theatre. Now He was roughed up pretty badly there by six cops, and that ticket was supposedly in his breast pocket. Right. There's no way a flimsy bit of paper come out of that pristine.
0: No.
2: So the makers of this doc- nut documentary knew the problem. They fixed it by copying the ticket and screwing it up and putting it in the evidence. Right, and... and so it's just dishonest. It's just blatant
1: dishonesty. Yeah, well, uh, most of it is, you know. It, even when it comes to his trajectories and they're, they're, they get out their little laser pointers and, you know, the whole thing is just a, a sham. But, you know, people that yeah, don't right. actually research the case intensely, yeah. you know, they buy into all this shit, you know?
2: Yeah, mate, I, I got... I got sick of after that uh, that documentary came out about the smoking gun or whatever it was. Yeah. About the driver doing it or whatever the hell that was about. I never <laughs> watched it. I, I didn't want to make myself sick. But um, so I had people coming up to me and and telling me, "Oh, yeah, you're wrong. It was the driver. We saw that documentary and blah blah blah. And he's he's a cop. You know, what? You're not a cop. How do you know?
1: Right. Yeah. So
2: that's the sort of thing you have to put up with, you know. It's
1: just, yeah, I made because the, because it's by was a cop that, that that was
2: coming up with this theory, he he was uh, believable.
1: Yeah, I made the mistake of reading *Mortal Error*. Uh, well, I got it. I got it on the cheap at a used bookstore for like three or four bucks, I think. So I was, I was like, "Oh, well, let me see what yeah, this please. is," and I started reading, it, and yeah. I was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" You know. Well,
2: this was this was a resurrection of that one Australian detective or former detective.
1: Yeah, I mean it's that's what they do. They, they'll, you know, they resurrect theories on the anniversary. Yep. You know, depending on which way the wind blows that year. You know, it's LBJ did yep. it. It's you know, yep. Hickey shot him yep. accidentally. It's Lee Oswald. If if it's not if it's not, you know, the Warren Commission view, it's some total kooky loon nutty shit. You know that we got to put up with. So you and I know above that
2: shit. it's it's it's, it's the nutty shit. Or it's the lone shit, you know? Right.
1: So I think, you know, it's been a long, long time, Greg, since since we've had a really good documentary. And I'm talking like early 90s, you know,
2: well, let's talk it up. OK, let's let's talk it up. We want to we want to make this happen.
1: No doubt. So head over to reopenkennedycase.org and support the effort, people and uh, support Greg. He's a great researcher. Check out his form. You know, there's a lot of good information there. And Greg, I want to thank you very much for joining me on this show and and getting the word out. And like I said, I've put a permalink button on my website. People can hit that up one click away Uh, for any information on the conference. I'm going to keep on pimping that thing until November 22nd, man, because I, I believe in supporting things that I believe in. And you know, if it helps you out, I'm all about it.
2: Man, that's that's great to hear. We we really appreciate it. It's, I'm blown away. Thank you, Rob. Thank hey,
1: you. No problem at all. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> you know, if I believe in it, I'm going to support it in a hundred percent and encourage everyone. You know, to check out your books. And I'm going to have all the links for everything you do. You know, your form, your book, the conference, everything up on the website for this show. People are going to be able to find it easily and please people check out the book lee harvey oswald's cold war by greg parker you won't regret it greg thank you very much for joining me buddy
2: thank you rob for having me it hey, my no, pleasure
1: no problem hey you still line for me people this some is in the can beamed up to the satellite down directly to your ears this is rob clark on the lone gummin podcast All right, everybody. Thank you for hanging in there, and my thanks to Greg Parker for joining me on this episode. And some crumbs that I would, me and Greg would like to lay down for you. Um, and it concerns the ONI, that is the intelligence arm of the uh, United States Navy. And as most people know out there, <clears throat> Oswald's military records were destroyed back in the early seventies by fire. And um, but there is some other things out there um, now this concerns a guy that was interviewed by the AARB a military intel undercover operative named Donald Monier although the ARRB spelled his surname as M-O-N-E-I-R it was actually M-O-N-I-E-R okay and he was with the 112th military intelligence group Okay, Greg is currently trying to get a copy of the tape, but in summary, he gave information about the John Birch Society within the National Texas Guard, the Texas National Guard, I'm sorry, and gave his opinion that Oswald was a member of the intelligence service. The real kicker with this is that he said he recalled Navy Code 30 operations, which he claimed contained a fake defector program run by the ONI. Okay, when, I, when uh, Greg started digging into this, he found that Navy Code 30 operations are, are ones housed with the Office of Naval Research. One of their Code 30 operations deals with recruitment, and, and he believes that uh, that would be where the fake defector program would be hidden. He has contacted the PR department of the Office of Naval Research for comment, and, and they suggested that he get in touch with ONI, which he did do and have yet to hear back from. So, people, start digging. The guy's name is Donald Monier, Okay. Um, And I'll put up a link uh, to something that he was possibly involved in. uh, Drug sting sting operation. But uh, there it is, folks. It could be possible proof that Oswald was part of an ONI fake fake defector program, not CIA. Uh, So please follow up. uh, Keep researching about it. And, of course, Greg's going to have more about it in his next book. Uh, And we thank you very much for checking out this episode, as always. Thank you for joining me on this episode number 52 of the Lone Government Podcast. This is your boy, Rob Clark, out. next week and me and Greg were talking about uh, when I signed Go- Yusef okay, Youssef uh, and I have to talk about Gerald Hill I'm going to have Russ LaChapelle back on the show next week slash a pill. We're going to be talking to you.